0: Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl is announced. Tag Hewer is making a deluxe Mario Watch, and Valve enters the console hybrid scene with the Steam Deck. This is episode 16 of We the People. My name is Michael Cottrell. I'm your host, joined by my twin brother, player two since the womb, Matthew. Say hello to all the folks out there.
1: Hello, babies. Yeah, <laughs> this be the pirate episode. <laughs> uh,
0: no, we probably need some pirate stuff to talk about. Slow week in in the uh, the news. Uh, as of recording this, the the Switch OLED went on sale like a day ago. I think it sold out, um, which is really funny. And then uh, the day after, Valve uh, announced something that was actually sounded kind of like a Switch Pro. But uh, let's get into some of this little stuff first. Um. Matthew, what do you think about that Nickelodeon all-star brawl?
1: Oh, man. Where do I begin? Uh, it looks terrible. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, it's 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 pretty cool. I mean, I don't have a lot of faith in it being a great game just because I've played some uh, cartoon games before, and typically they're uh, bottom-of-the-barrel games. I, I played a Nickelodeon racing game, and it might have been one of the worst video games i've ever played in my entire life uh honestly a game that you know i make jokes about some of those uh jrpg games that look like they could be on consoles like gamecube or playstation 2 or what have you this game literally looked like it could have been on a system uh that old and so i don't know how much faith i have in the game being great but it seems like they want it to be great and uh, the way they're marketing it and really playing off of the super smash bros hype um you know, it seems like they they really want this to be a big deal. And, and, you know, I hope it is something that is a worthwhile product, because if I think it is, it'll be something that will turn into a franchise and stick around to stay. Um, and I think the, the character roster is pretty cool so far. I think it's cool that Reptar is a character. That'll definitely be the main guy that I use, either him or SpongeBob, you know, because boy, that's something pirate we could talk about, you know. Yarrr! Spongeboy! Patches on <laughs> hula Hands. Dude, Patches, uh,
0: if if Patches isn't like an assist trophy, I'm out.
1: So it's funny, everybody keeps referring to this game in, in Super Smash Bros. terms, uh, like you know, Spongebob's Final Smash should be this, this, and I'm like it's. I don't know why anytime anybody sees a platforming fighting game. I understand Smash created the idea, but it, it it's almost as if you looked at okay, any two well, D platformer and you are like, Mario, Mario. I do, huh?
0: do want to like let's let's go ahead and jump into that that whole whole thing because a bunch of news sites are covering it as like Smash clone Nick Nickelodeon All Star Brawl is blah blah blah, and like let's get something straight here, like. Smash was the first to that concept, and it created a lot of the norms for that. But like not everything inside of a genre is a clone. You know, like it's gonna take a lot from Super Smash Bros into its formula. Maybe almost everything, you know, just like you can track like dozens of fighting games that are that have the shore you can input and that take a bunch of different notes from Street Fighter from the way the characters turn around when uh, someone jumps behind them to, the button layouts to the inputs to the modes that are available to the, you know, like like there's so many of those staples for fighting games that, um you know, it's a clone if it's like Smash, but if it's the the 500th game that's kind of like Street Fighter, that's just the fighting game genre. And it's kind of funny because these games will also use Street Fighter terminology to describe stuff. Like, you know, uh, in the Smash presentation, talking about a Shoryuken sure input for... A Tekken character like you know that's that's just um that's just kind of normal so it's 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 funny because people use it to disparage it but I'm in for the the memes the memes are really funny they're they're the ones that are like apps that's that part is absolutely doing it for me
1: oh yeah I mean the the one where I told you there was a meme I saw that said when Squidward gets patched after 1.2 and then it's the scene where um he's uh really upset about the bands not cooperating for the show he's trying to put on and he's like you took my one dream and you crushed it and you know crushed it into tiny pieces like there's some memes that are really really well done oh yeah Uh, it's pretty uh,
0: huh or like the the one with uh timmy turner's dad how he always used to bust down timmy's door and uh he's, "Oh Timmy, I'm respecting your zoning by not tapping you at the ledge, but asserting my authority as your father by pushing punishing your bad <laughs> d i with my disjointed hitbox and doing zero to twenty five percent in a true combo anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just the funniest thing and that's uh I saw that one on on Twitter by a guy uh aquana Akwa- uh but uh yeah, I just i I hope they add a lot of the dads. Nigel's my favorite addition so far.
1: You should see though that there's a lot of competitive Smash players that have been upset at how much like there was a somebody who made a post saying, Can we stop talking about the Nickelodeon game? Like Sheesh, like blah blah blah. And it's so funny that because I, I really think the Smash community is so toxic and immature, and it's funny that there's something that people just finally get along about and have a lot of fun with and that upsets a lot of people. You know, and it's notoriously one of those pro players that's just in favor of all the JRPG anime sword characters. You know, everything's edgy, everything's needs a sword, and stupid one-liners, and, you know, it, it honestly doesn't surprise me at all that that's the type of person that's upset at all this joy over cartoon characters, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Not to uh, single anybody out, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of anime well, profile pictures the- that don't have a problem with this, but...
0: Yeah, that's sort of the circle of life on on social media platforms. Is like something gets big and everybody's having fun with it, and then somebody has to like you know be the first one to be to try and like you know like the, every joke, every joke has a shelf life, and uh, you know we'll get there with this game, but we're not we're not there yet. Uh, it's still like keep the memes coming, but um, but yeah, all that aside, so some extra context about the game. What I like about this is that instead of um you know nickelodeon just farming this out to someone random and having having them do just whatever job uh they they can do for the cheapest amount of money possible they're partnering with the the indie developer that made Slap City among some other places some other um what's it called uh some other studios that have pretty bad track records but like there is an understanding for like a studio that has made a smash like game before. And so it'll be interesting to see what they can do with a little bit of extra money. Uh, with that extra money, they got rollback net code, which smash doesn't have. So there's a start. They've literally got better online than, uh, you know, the multi million dollar like 30 million units selling super smash bros ultimate. So that's, that's nifty.
1: The funny thing, the funniest thing that, could come out of this as if this game ended up being nearly or if not more fun than Smash, and then it has better net code as well. That would be hysterical. That would be uh, hysterical. Honestly, I would chances be, I, <laughs> I would be all
0: for it. The chances of that happening are uh, astronomically low. Like, this is See, probably going to be. Um, like an average game at best just because like typically with with movie tie-ins and media tie-ins, like, you know, they just don't feel like spending the money. There's a chance because, I mean, you look at at, like the Spider-Man game and, um, you know, some other universe where the Marvel game turned out well, like it's starting to become a trend where like let's make a good game because it'll sell more and then we'll make more money for our license. And so hopefully that sort of thing is happening, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's the, like, it's not looking great, but, but the chance is there.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I honestly call me crazy, but I've told you this before. I I think for some time now, Smash really isn't like, I say this as a huge Super Smash Bros. series fan, but I really don't think the game's are as great as people make them out to be. Even, like, playing Smash, when you just play one-on-one, right? Like, that game works so much better competitively because of all the things people find out to... Like, there's certain exploits, even in Ultimate that people use, like Wave Bouncing, for example. That's not really, like, a strict, or it's not really a core mechanic of the game. Like, I don't think they intend for when you turn around with neutral bees that your momentum will swing completely in the other direction. I think stuff like that is unintentional, and... Um, I don't know. I just I just look at Smash and its formula. Really, like just think about how many characters in Smash really aren't that different. How many sword characters all have a down B counter? They all have the same kind of Smash attacks. So, you know, and same for other types of characters in the game as well. Uh, you know, it feels like every heavy character most of the time is exactly the same. Uh, I don't think it's that hard to compete with Smash. I really don't. Sometimes I feel like that. That's why that game we played, Rivals of Aether. You know, I feel like that game's just as good as Smash. I really do. Um, I don't think it's that hard to make a game that's that fun, that's a platform fighter. I I think the only reason a lot of other ones haven't succeeded as much is... I feel like the only other ones that have attempted this have been indie games, and you can tell that they just don't have the money and the developers with the expertise that something like smash would have, which is why I don't have faith in Nickelodeon doing it, but that's why I'm always shocked that Sony hasn't given this another try and just putting a reputable developer behind it, like insomniac and just say, Hey, go make us a, a game like smash. I really feel like they would probably make a game that's better than smash to be honest.
0: Well, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting because I would disagree I, uh, with uh, with your assessment of Smash. I think from a lot of standpoints from like the amount of content, the um the complexity that goes into creating all the new characters that that they make that has the, you know, adverse side effect of every new character being really annoying. It's like Little Mac is such a cool character, but he's he's so obnoxious to fight that it's like I'm not appreciating the artistry behind it, and it's the same is kind of true for like you know, like Steve from Minecraft. It's like that's awesome that you did all that stuff, and I do not want to play against him. Uh, so it has—it's kind of a double-edged sword. But I think the the amount of content and the love that's put into every every character, from the standpoint of like their animations and how they feel is really special in Smash and can only be done at the monumental scale that Smash has become because it's always been a system seller. So I don't think that they're ever cutting any budgetary corners with these games. It's more of like just a race to finish um, in time. And that's uh, that's why DLC works well for the game because, you know, if, we, if this was like a complete game on launch, we'd have 10 less characters and, you know, they're just going to keep pumping them out uh, until pretty shortly here unless they announce another fighter pass, which I still, I could, I could see that happening. But, um, but I also think you're right that, that like the degree to which smash is, um, is like King of, of the whole like platform fighting genre. That's, um, that's blossoming is really just because no one else is trying to compete at scale. Rivals of Aether from, like, a lot of perspectives, from the competitive perspective, is, like, just as solid. It just has, like, you know, kind of, like, Game Boy graphics and they're they're making a sequel to that where they're going to have 3D models, but I feel like the biggest problem that even PlayStation All-Stars had is just that the animations look a little bit sloppy. They they can't quite figure out, like, what size to make the characters in relation to the stages so that you have, like, you can keep track of your characters. Like, sometimes I would I would lose track of Sackboy in, in PlayStation All-Stars and that can Happen in some of these other games, and you know, just a lot of the 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 clean things that happen under the hood. Um, you know how like knockback changes subtly based on like the percentage that it's like yeah, like a- Aether's got that down, but um but also Aether has like no ledge mechanics, and there's there's all these little pieces under the hood that make Smash special that they've been building on for um, ever since they they announced or they released the one on sixty four and. Um, like de- the right dev could definitely compete with that, but now you need like the strength of the IP. And, you know, honestly, maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm kind of answering one of our questions from last time like, why is Nintendo adding so many PlayStation characters in Smash? Maybe it's to kind of discourage Sony from doing a PlayStation All Stars again. Cause, like, you think about it, um, the big problem with uh, with PlayStation All Stars is it had a lot of cool characters and the gameplay was like you know kind of subpar, subpar, kind of average when you look at it entirely. Like they they had a lot of hubris in like you know changing the Smash formula in ways that wasn't actually making it better. But um, but beyond that, they were missing a lot of key characters. Like the instead of um, instead of Snake, they had uh, they had. Raiden from, like, a spinoff game for Metal Gear Solid. Uh, they they didn't have any Cloud. They didn't have any uh, Sephiroth. They didn't have... They had... Um. They did get Hayachi from Tekken, but it's like they didn't get Ryu from Street Fighter. They didn't get Crash Bandicoot. They didn't get Spyro. There's so many of those, like, big characters that they didn't miss, and now a lot of those characters have appeared in the Super Smash Bros. series, which, like, you could almost also see some reality where the The contract deal that they're working out with, with like say Cloud being in Super Smash Bros, is that Cloud can't be in another platform fighter. Uh, like you could almost see something like that being in the contract, which might explain why Rayman's not in the game. And there could be a way for Nintendo to like kind of like like cut off any competition from uh from there at least from the game space. I don't know. Interesting thought experiment.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have no idea. I I, I mean, and and again, I just think, you know, you were talking about Rivals of Aether and some of the things it doesn't have. But I also think, again, you're talking about a small studio making a game. And it's nearly as fun as a game that, you know, makes the millions and millions of dollars that it does. Um, So the fact that it's even a contest just shows you, I think you know, people could compete in that space. It's it's the same thing we say about Pokemon all the time that Temtem is the first to attempt it. But, you know, I really feel like if if a company like a Square Enix, for example, since they make Dragon Quest, just tried to do the same thing as Pokemon, they could do it so much better. Um, and I, I just think, I look at Smash and you were talking about just even the 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 thought that goes behind percentages. and See, that's my kind of my criticism with the last couple of Smash games is I don't think they actually put a lot of thought into that stuff. I think they make a lot of silly choices how, you know, Roy's side B, for example, a button-mashing move can KO Fox at like 70%. That's just dumb. It's just, it, there's no way around it. It's just a stupid concept, you know, and they don't really, uh, you know, I, I feel like they haven't since Melee, accounted for combos either and so most combos are just either you can tell they were pre um how should i say they were meant to be in the game there's some combos that it's like you're just meant to do that with that character or it's it's from people figuring out other things to do with the character like a lot of combos diddy kong as you can tell we're not intentionally meant to be there but he has a lot of cool combos that come as a result of uh, you know people just figuring out cool things with the character and well, um, the banana
0: no, yeah, but, I, but, but, but I'm just saying
1: there's things like, you know, getting somebody up in the air and then jumping and doing your up B and, and the the other character gets kind of caught with you on your jet your jetpack barrel and then you crash into the platform and so they get hit by the explosion. There's things like that that's just not intentional and I feel like that happens with a lot of stuff in Smash. And so, I don't know, I just feel like, you know, if a uh, a developer of a fighting game just tried to do... Um, or just a good development team tried to do a game like Smash. I really feel like they could succeed. Now again, I don't expect Nickelodeon All Star Brawl to do that or any of these indie games that have been trying to do it, but I just think it could be done. I don't think Smash is this insanely hard game to make. I really think it's it's what, what makes Smash special is its characters. Um, you know, for most people. Um Well so. also I would
0: say it has like a twenty year start on everything, where, like, a lot of Mario's moves and attributes can be traced back to the very first 64 edition of Smash, and they've been just, every time they make a new Smash game, they port all the assets and moves over, and then they work on top of that, so anybody who's gonna start has to put in, like, way more work to do that, because, you know, even, even with new characters that they make, you can see that, um... That a bunch of the char- a bunch of characters have like the same the same exact moves like um I forgot what the, the example in ultimate, but with all the new characters, there was like a bunch of moves that they just carried from like one character to the other, and they'll like reuse assets and different pieces of different characters to make the character creation process faster and so anybody else that's coming into this space has to account for that and um but yeah, at the same time it's like. Yeah, PlayStation could just hire, uh, you know, like Nintendo hired Bandai Namco to do most of the heavy lifting and the Sakurai is kind of the brains of the operation. You could do the same thing with, with Namco or Capcom or, um, uh, you know, even like just kind of a team that you, some sort of joint venture that you get together, which, I mean, interestingly enough, PlayStation bought Evo, but I think PlayStation's... Uh, stance on it is like you know we'll let Nintendo do the smash thing we will just eat up every other fighter like Street Fighter um, we don't know about the next one but the last one was PlayStation console exclusive uh, Tekken only you know and this is what I this is also like you know what I was saying by you know smash adding PlayStation characters only two out of 18 Tekken games have appeared on the uh, on on a Nintendo platform like every every numbered Tekken release is uh is a PlayStation game only and um and some of them a couple of them came to Xbox as well and so it's just like you you um they 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 don't really need to compete with Nintendo in in the like greater fighting game arena because nothing is coming to the Switch except for like you know Mortal Kombat and Justice and uh you know Nintendo doesn't work with companies outside of Japan for the DLC pass, apparently. So, <laughs> so we're not going to see Scorpion in in the in the fighter pass anytime soon. But yeah, I mean, you could totally see a world where they just uh, they form a team at Capcom to make a Smash like fighting game. But uh, but again, yeah, just it's really got me wondering, like, if there's some sort of exclusivity deal that they've got with it, because PlayStation could probably tie down a bunch of these characters that um, Nintendo is either unable to or uninterested in in nabbing like they could they could get Laura Croft they could get um, more Final Fantasy characters I mean you know the next Final Fantasy game uh, the the Final Fantasy 7 remake is a timed exclusive on PlayStation and Final Fantasy 16 is gonna be coming to PlayStation only uh, like yeah, yeah, well, they've got that, so that's, many third parties tied down
1: that well and no, I was just gonna say that's why I just don't think uh, the other reason I don't think it's hard to compete with Smash is because I feel like Smash's creator is so self-absorbed with the you know characters that he wants in the game and the direction of the game he wants it to be that I'm like man, give that to somebody like you you put somebody else in a position like Smash and just go with all the fan favorites that people want like man it's just you know and and I think that's why I'm surprised Sony hasn't attempted this again because I feel like they would definitely. Get it right, and they'd be going after the big name characters that Nintendo uh, has been neglecting. So, uh, but you know, just you know, not to get on this Smash tirade. Um, you know, obviously we the, do. the focus here is about Nickelodeon, but um, yeah, yeah, I hope, I mean, which it's,
0: yeah, I hope PlayStation does that, and I hope this Nickelodeon game turns out really well. I mean, it, it's got it's got the pieces where I could see this actually turning out to be really good, and honestly, the the character roster is is, like, just like Smash in the in the olden days. I mean, it's almost a more fun roster than an Ultimate, because while, you know, you look at the last few Ultimate characters outside of Steve, and it's just a bunch of, like, you know, teen to M-rated, like, humanoid, PlayStation-centric characters, and you've got, you know, Spongebob versus Nigel Thornberry versus Reptar, uh, you know, all they're missing is Hugh Neutron for, you know what might be the best roster we've seen in a fighting game in a long time because it's like this that's what people like about this uh is that the, the wacky characters the um the zany elements and so yeah I, I really um i really hope this this turns out well uh i mean i think if nothing else like they've they've seen the power in like an idea like this people want more games like smash brothers because you know what like i'd like an alternative that, to to To, like, booting up Elite Smash and fighting Zelda, Young Link, Ness, and uh, Joker, you know?
1: Samus. Yeah, that's why I told you about battle arenas, but, you know... I did it today.
0: uh, I did it today. Pyron and Mithra in the battle arena, though, so, I mean, it's just like, you know... I mean, that's, you know, you're you're
1: you're gonna get a mixed bag. I mean, you'll usually get all kinds of characters in those, though. I see characters like Ice Climbers and Lucario and Diddy Kong, characters you almost never see getting played on elite smash but anyway um now i I hope it's a fun game though because I wouldn't mind uh you know reptar giant dinosaur I mean I love dinosaurs so that'd be a sick character to play with and then Spongey boy I just hope they uh y- you know and this is the only thing I wonder is are they gonna go crazy with the roster additions, or are they gonna keep it pretty um you know, modest just in case this takes off and then they want to turn into a franchise because, you know, that's that's the problem I think Ultimate has is, you know, they're including so many characters that and now I wonder for a sequel what you do for the casual fan base because if the next game has less characters, and that's why they said there's no way they're gonna do this again. I don't agree. I think Smash from now on is going to have all those characters in it. And I think they're just going to keep building off of this because now I think you'll get the casual consumer base that will look at the roster and be like, wait, so now I'm getting like 20 less characters than the last game? Why would I want to play this when I could play Ultimate and have even more characters? Um, So I, I really feel like they've kind of backed themselves into a corner. And so that's why I wonder with Nickelodeon, if they don't want to go too crazy on the roster in the event that this game really takes off and then they have something for the next game and the next game and the next game. So, um, but uh, there's a lot of great character choices that they could have. Like you're talking about Nigel. I would love to see Darwin, the the monkey, be a character. Uh, that would be awesome. Um, you know, it reminded me of like... Uh, a little. Oh uh, well, they actually made him look like Diddy Kong in the art that they made for a Smash Bros. tournament coming up, where they um, made a, It made it made it look like the Super Smash Bros. Ultimate box art. Um, but uh, I think Darwin would be a cool character. I'm trying to think of who else. I mean, obviously, there's probably going to be like Timmy Turner. I don't think he was shown. Jimmy Neutron. I don't think he was either. Man, they could put Goddard in the game. The dog. Well they've got a lot, they've got a
0: lot of stuff going on and Squidward um,
1: has to be in the game. I mean already
0: they have like a pretty fun roster like you know just just reading off the list they've got Helga from Hey Arnold, Danny Phantom, uh Sandy SpongeBob Patrick. They got to have Squidward. They got to have Squidward. Like he's got to be like a secret character that you unlock. Uh why Zim is Arnold, from Invader
1: Zim. Why is Arnold not I don't understand Helga's there, but Arnold's not. That'd be, I'm sorry, that'd be kind of dumb.
0: <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I I actually like what they're doing with this because they're, they're getting, um, you know, kind of a variety of characters by dipping into, like, different places. Like, you know, it's like there's not going to be any Rugrats from Rugrats, but it's like, you know. What would Tommy do and Tommy Pickles do as a baby? As awesome as that would be to like literally fight with a baby,
1: I wouldn't be surprised uh, <laughs> if they still make that work. I mean, the, he was in the Nickelodeon racing game, and
0: you know, well, but there's there's a difference between racing a baby and punching a baby. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, But you know, I I just want I want them to put all the dads in Stew Pickles, Hugh Neutron. Um, yeah. The Turner Dead, I don't remember his name, but but I mean it's like it's such a fun roster already and they're 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 going with a nice balance of stuff that's new, like the um the new animated style of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And uh, a lot of like old throwbacks, like you know, like we talked about with like reptar, even like Ah Real Monsters, which I, I imagine wasn't yeah. like a huge show for them, and, and Powdered Toast Man from no, Ren and Stimpy, ah, Real like Monsters. that's even older than than I was. Like, I, I, I don't, I believe I don't even all of remember that Ah
1: Real Monsters was a pretty popular show, um, but man, it'd be funny if they. You remember the Prometheus and Bob show? Yeah, they're oh like my all gosh, the, if <laughs> they put a man to binds in the. No, I. But that's different. I'm talking about this, they were just claymated. But imagine if they put the caveman and the alien in. That would be the funniest. I mean, just a nod to all the old school people. Oh man, you know what they have to do. They have to do the angry beavers. I know Trevor would. Uh, you know, Trevor loves angry beavers. But uh, yeah, man, they have it, well, to do the beavers.
0: But that's what I'm saying. Like, there's so many different fun characters that they can. They can do with this, and um, so I think I don't know. I think we're gonna like people have experimented in this space before. There's a Cartoon Network version of this that's like you know predictably as uh, as kind of awkward and bad as you would you would think, but you know really have high hopes for this one. And and it's just like the the other cool characters that they could um, bring in. Like there's you know obviously they could they could go in with uh, with Avatar. They could uh, they go in with Cat Dog. They've got. Um, oh, I
1: forgot about Cat Dog.
0: Yeah, and then. Uh, what's it called? Um, they could. I mean, depending on licensing stuff, they could put Goku in the game. <laughs> yeah, I've heard about that, but I don't. <laughs> yeah, probably don't not. Would, probably not. Because, yeah. like, the game license and the show license are two separate things for Dragon Ball. I think. I think Bandai Namco has, like, well, exclusive I also think access to that. They,
1: I think it's also, like, a Godzilla thing where, yeah, you you know, uh, legendary-made Godzilla movies. It doesn't mean Godzilla belongs to, like, they can't just do whatever they please with the franchise, you know? Um, but uh, what was I going to say? Um, you said there's a Cartoon Network version of that? Because I was actually just getting ready to say, man, they need to do a Cartoon Network one because the roster for Cartoon Network would be so much better like Scooby Doo, Courage the Cowardly Dog, uh Kids Next Door, Ed and Eddie. Uh yeah, there's so called, many uh, Good
0: Ones. It's called a uh, Punch Time Explosion. Uh, um
1: Yeah, I mean, was it like a like a actual console game? Uh
0: I think it was like, you know, similarly like on like every system they could put it on. I don't know if it was
1: one of those website flash games. you remember those? Uh Yeah. But, uh, no, I, I feel like a Cartoon Network version could be so much better. Cause, you know, out of all the, you know, the, the channels when we were kids, you know, it was Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, Disney. We didn't really, you and I didn't really watch Disney. It was pretty much just Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon. But I always, I love Nickelodeon too, but I always slightly preferred, uh, Cartoon Network. So, um, you know, oh yeah, I, there's
0: a lot of fun stuff that you could do with uh with Cartoon Network. Oh as yeah, well. like
1: Dexter's Lab, Powerpuff Girls. I forgot about those two, but uh, yeah, it's uh, what you would call it. Um, but yeah, no, I I I hope this game's fun. I mean, you know, SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom wasn't even a bad game. I thought for a 3D platform, it's obviously no Super Mario Odyssey, but it's a fun enough game. Like I, when I played through it, I enjoyed it. So. Um, you know, I don't think they're incapable, uh, I don't know who's making the game, um, if it's also THQ, but, um, you know, which I'm always surprised, the most perplexing thing to me about these games that are based off of medias, I don't know why they don't just do the, what Marvel finally started doing and saying, hey, why don't we get credible game developers to make our video games instead of, like... I never get that. Like, yeah, they just—they they don't want to throw down. And they and, have the, yeah, the the you know the notoriety. I just don't <laughs> understand why they wouldn't approach a company like. I don't know, uh, like how Marvel did Spider Man with Insomniac and Avengers with. Well, even even Square how Enix. Marvel did
0: it back in the day, like Marvel had Capcom make all their games, and it's like you know from the cool like action brawlers to um, Marvel versus Capcom and some like Marvel specific fighting games. Like, yeah, I mean it's like like hire someone who is, um, you know, they're just like. Uh, that that's done this stuff before, which is like you know kind of what they're doing with um I, w- I would imagine that the the developer that made slap city is um i think that's ludosity uh I imagine that they're the ones like doing a lot of the mechanics and the balancing and the character design, and then they have uh game mill doing you know some of the heavy lifting with the assets and the graphics and such but um but yeah i mean the, the, like literally there is there's just, like, a proven track record for this stuff. It's like, yeah, you can make a cheap, um, awful, like, uh, Star Wars game, or you can make um, Star Wars Fallen Order and, you know, just put in the work, spend the money, and there you go. Uh, you know, you have a, a really fun game that um, that people can can enjoy for years to come. Spider-Man is going to go down as, like, one of the best superhero games that ever existed. And, like, you just, yeah, you just get the right people involved. And, um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm looking at some, uh, Slap City gameplay right now. And it's, uh, I mean, it looks, it looks pretty, pretty well done. Like, honestly, like it, it, um, you know, my thing is that they always just, like, they always have their animations be kind of like just sloppy and kind of unclean. And um, you know, it's just like lacking that mechanical tightness of Super Smash Bros. That's the only thing that, that I feel like I'm I'm always missing with these type of games. But, you know, money makes these things more possible and, you know, with it being co developed with a couple other people, I could definitely see the case for this like looking the part. So we'll see if uh we'll see if that that becomes the case. But uh, you know we'll definitely definitely there day one. Yeah, Cotrello plays, Cotrello games will be be posting. I'll be posting my Nigel Thornberry combo video, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here for the memes, dude. Here for the memes.
1: You go. Yeah, I just man. I, I, if Darwin's in the game though, you have to at least try him. You know, just because he's a oh, monkey. Yeah, but,
0: but I'm, I'm mostly like, I'm mostly just into the dad characters. Uh, being a dad myself now, I, 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 I am that goofy cartoon character now. Um. But anyway, moving on. It's enough smash uh, smashish talk. Can you tell that's one of our favorite types of games? They don't make enough of them. Uh, which, like, you know... I remember even Microsoft said at one point, like, you wouldn't want to have a Microsoft Smash Brothers. I am like, yes, I would. Like, you, they've got... They don't have a big stable of characters, but now, with the Bethesda bio, I mean, they could have Vault Boy, Dragonborn, Master Chief, Banjo, Steve, like... Eh, it's already kind of a hype racer roster, raister. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Just a quick mention: um, Pokemon Unite launches on the twenty first of July for Nintendo Switch. It's going to come to mobile devices in September. Very excited about that. We will be playing it. Um, I'm going to main Cramorant, who is quickly becoming my favorite Pokemon. And um, yeah, that's uh, not, not really much to say about that. I, a few weeks back, we were like, "What's happening with this game?" Here it is. It'll be out on July 21st. Um,
1: and Marowak's going to be in it. Just kidding.
0: That'd be uh, cool if Marowak uh, was in it. I, I assume it. he'll get oh. in uh, mostly because he's one of the more popular Pokemon, and that's that's who they're going for with this. Um, but they're trying to appease the people who always complain that there's too much Kanto love. It's like, I'm sorry that Kanto's the best. Sorry. <laughs> Like sorry, my 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 top three favorite guys are not from Ganto, but I just like you know at some point you just got to look at the facts and be like, they, Pokemon likes making money, and so they put out the stuff that makes the money. You know, uh, nobody's nobody's buying a, uh, a first edition um, Vanillux for uh, thousands of dollars. You know, it's not happening, or Zorua, yeah, it's not happening. for Zerua I've been buying trading cards lately (laughs) Moving on Nintendo And uh, watch company Tag Hewer have teamed up To uh, make this What I think to be a ridiculous watch But I'm not into luxury watches at all So uh, I might just not be Seeing the appeal to this Um, The (laughs) The the jokes right. that are popping into my head aren't entirely appropriate but it's the ultimate watch for uh, gamers will say uh, i don't think you're going to be uh i i don't i don't like it like i said i don't really get the the point of luxury watches other other than like you know having a big billboard on you that's like rob me uh, but uh but there is now a limited edition mario watch for $2000 they're going to be um making 2000 units and that's it and so you got to, uh, uh, ooh, it looks like the date is already passed to order it. So, uh, you're hearing about this late, but I just wanted to, to, to make my little dad joke that 2000, uh, is the right amount to print because that's probably a very precise number of the amount of people on this planet who are willing to spend $2,000 to have a Mario watch.
1: Well, I can tell you for a watch, that's literally nothing, you know, as somebody who's a big watch connoisseur. Uh, Even though I don't buy any of them, I just admire them um, from afar. But, you know, like there's a place here in Atlanta that's uh, called Phipps Plaza, which is a mall for uh, higher, more uh, luxury items, you know, things like that in retail. And they have a watch store. And it's funny because they're the lowest price for a watch there. I believe they're for Opal watches or Opus. I think it's Opus, but. they start at uh, $6,500, which is, you know, for luxury watches, that's, uh, you know, not uncommon, and they can get much, much more expensive, but um, I actually really dig this, and Tag Heuer is a really good watch brand. It's funny, I I one of my favorite athletes is Tom Brady, and he has a uh, deal with Tag Heuer, so um, he uh, has had a bunch of watches, um, you know, come out that he's advertised and everything like that, but... Uh, if I had known about this, I might've thought about it, you know, just because it's something that would probably be worth a lot too, but, um, you know, it's kind of a goofy looking watch to me though. That's the only thing I don't like about it. It doesn't look like a nice watch. It kind of looks like, especially for them, it looks kind of cheap. Um, but I, I don't like the way smartwatches look and I believe it's a smartwatch.
0: Yeah, I, here's my thing. I, um so I'm not really making fun of like game brands, gaming merchandise in general, but like Google Pokemon shirts and like, go look at that merchandise. It's elegant. It's not like in your face. It's, it's just like cool. And you can get a bunch of different designs that, that evoke the feeling of Pokemon without being like, this is a Pokemon shirt. Go buy a Pokemon merchandise right now. And that's, that's my problem with a lot of game tie-in merch is that it's so in your face to to the point where like people, I, I'm perplexed why people would buy like a logo for something um, that's like a massive corporate thing. I guess, you know, if you really like that franchise and you want it to like grow, like, I guess you're like... Putting out one for the team, but the watch is like way too on the nose for me. Where like Mario's like swinging around going, Wahoo, Mania, Wahoo, Wahoo, Mario, Wahoo, 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 Mario, Wahoo. It's just, it's a little, mm-hmm. it's a little much. I might have preferred like something a little more um, covert, a little more elegant, not so in your face, but, um, but again, like, you know, I, I don't even understand why people wear watches in this age and time where we've got clocks everywhere. I got a clock on my switch. I got a clock on my 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 phone. There's clocks and in, in the on my stove, on my TV. It's like yeah, it's not. I nobody have literally wears no a use watch. for a watch.
1: Nobody wears a watch for the time. It's it's always been a uh, an aesthetic thing. You know, it's it's you know that's why to me when I go out and I put on an outfit that I think looks nice, I. You know, I have watches that I like to wear, and I think watches really complement outfits, and that's why people wear them. Like, no, I I can't think of many people wear them specifically for the time. There's definitely people still utilize that, but it's not the focus of a watch anymore. Um, but I, I agree with you with the watch. That's the thing I'm saying is that to me, it's just it's just a plain looking watch with Mario in the middle, and it, it honestly looks like a kid's watch. Which, who knows? Maybe that's the target audience for this thing, but the the fact that they're only producing two thousand of them may, leads me to believe that's not the case. Um but it is well, a uh
0: this is a watch for kids with two thousand dollars to spend in very large wrists.
1: Well and that's what I said for a luxury watch it's actually not that expensive. So I mean you'd be surprised how many people buy watches for way more money than that, but well, yeah, um, I, get,
0: I get that it's an industry, but yeah, I mean that's that's what's kind of weird about this too. I just think it's like a little too gaudy to be luxury, but um, but like I said, I mean, printing two thousand of these, they, like that is like precisely the amount of people that are gonna gonna be interested in this, and you'll get a few scalpers along the way too. But um, but yeah, anyway, I just thought it was interesting. If it was Donkey Kong, would you spend two thousand dollars on it, Matthew? <laughs> Assuming you had two thousand dollars of disposable income.
1: <laughs> uh, that's a tough question man i just might if yeah if it was donkey kong and it actually looked pretty cool it, it it would yeah there's a good chance but i probably wouldn't wear it i'd probably just keep it you know now
0: it would be cool in a display case because i like the animation that plays for mario like in a display case i could totally see it but but yeah i just like i also don't get the like sort of um application of like having a big image playing on your wrist um, you know, again to me it's just like screaming like Robbie. <laughs> but you know, uh maybe I've been spending too much time in Atlanta here. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right, let's uh let's move on to the most important topic here. Uh the Switch is now competing with another handheld. Did Microsoft make a handheld? No. Did PlayStation make a follow-up to the Vita? No even though PlayStation Vita had an OLED screen 10 years before Nintendo did, uh, it's Valve, of all people, making the Steam Deck. It is basically all the components of a PC, of, a, of like a tower PC inside of a handheld system. You got buttons on the side, you've got some clicky things on the back that I guess uh, real gamers use, those like 15-button controllers. Um, there's so much going on with this i think it's a it's a little a little chunky not a little a little ugly to be, <laughs> for my taste but the functionality my boy is there and it is something to behold we've got mouse pads that are in there for games that that require them we've got uh double triggers and then you know a couple other triggers on the back we have got um you know, two two thumbsticks and a D pad, all the all the regular stuff that you would want, but where it gets crazy in terms of versatility is you could wipe this thing and write, run Windows on it. It comes loaded with Steam OS, which is kind of a, a, a version of, of Linux, but um but you could put Windows on it, you could, you know, do Microsoft Excel on it if you wanted to. You can connect it to a monitor and like work off of it like a PC, surf the web, like anything you can do with a computer. It's pretty cool, and it starts at 399, which is uh, getting you know eerily close to the switch now that the switch is is retailing for up to 350. Now that's just going to get you the the 64 gigabyte internal storage version and, and there's upgrades from there that can you know run you a lot more expensive than you got to buy the dock on the side. so um, there is that to consider. but Matthew, uh, what, what are your initial thoughts on this? Does this
1: excite you? Are you going to be a oh, PC yeah. gamer now? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if you remember, but, you you know, as, it, thanks to you and our friend David, of course, you know, there's a lot of PC experiences that I have had in my life that are very memorable and I'm fond of, and a lot of games I remember playing and uh, just having a great time with, you know, when we played Half-Life and, and Counter-Strike and all the mods that those had, you know, that's still my favorite Dragon Ball Z experience is, is a, not an official Dragon Ball Z game, but... ESF, Earth Special Forces, you know, a mod of Counter-Strike, you know, super cool. But then even other games like World of Warcraft, uh, I know everybody likes to clown a World of Warcraft. At the end of the day, they're really fun games. And, you know, Dude, we Portable World experience. of Warcraft
0: is going to be amazing.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, oh that's, that's what I was thinking about is like a game like that really, really benefits from... You know that even though World of Warcraft is not, and hasn't been for years. It's not this grindy, spend your life on it experience. But you know, for people who want to really spend a lot of time on it, and really just all those uh, MMO RPGs, uh, they're really going to benefit from the fact that people can just take the games with them. And you know, I know there's companies like Xfinity that are figuring out how to make Wi-Fi portable. So if you do that, that just really. Uh, You know, the possibilities are endless. Uh, The only thing I'm a little weary of is uh, what you were talking about, is I just wonder what the end-all cost is going to be. And that's the only thing that I could see um, being a detriment to this product because they're marketing it as a $400 product. But, you know, like you were saying, buying the dock on the side, uh, what better versions of it are going to be when you inevitably uh, need to upgrade it you know what's that going to run you and so to me i think if it can stay at all competitively priced with the switch it's a great thing and i think it'll actually take off big time like this could be a huge thing for the industry but i think if it's one of those where when it's all said and done you're spending 7 800 dollars i think no chance in uh you know no chance whatsoever and of being competitive but then on top of that i think this could this could determine a lot for the industry because I if I think or I think if this is competitive, um, you'll see Sony and Microsoft try to get into this mobile system space. If it doesn't do well at all and doesn't even come close to being successful, if it's a total flop, I think Sony and Microsoft will be content continuing to do what they do because I think the industry will look at it as. Uh, you know, other people or mobile systems are just kind of a gimmick thing that Nintendo was able to do well with, and they won't try to replicate it, even though I don't think that's the case. I just think it's, if you can still make the price worth it, you know, because I think if you're, you know, if, like I said, if end all be all, this ends up being like a six, 700, $800 product um, that's where you're going to lose a lot of people. Cause I think people are okay with the switch being the price that it is and getting the performance that it is because you're not paying an arm and a leg for it. You know, I think the mobile aspect of it is just a nice addition, but you know, if, if the switch was a home console, for, for example, it wouldn't sell hardly anything, uh, or I wouldn't think it would. And, uh, so, you know, having that mobile aspect that appeal to it is really great, but I just think, um, you know, again, it's it's. Sorry, I lost my train of thought there while I was talking. I was trying to say the mobile aspect, but the cheaper price. I think those together is what makes it an appealing product. And I think if you're paying, you know, the money of a PlayStation Five for a portable system, uh, unless it rivals. The PlayStation 5, in terms of performance, I think a lot of people will look at that as getting a lesser product. Even though they'll be gaining portability, I think at the end of the day, people look at once you're spending a certain amount of dollars, you better get a certain level of performance out of the system, which from reading the specs, it looks like it's going to be really good. But I haven't compared it to the next-gen consoles yet.
0: Yeah, so the the official comparison that they make is uh, Xbox one and PS4. I've heard comparisons to that. Um, but you know, like it can run a lot of games like death stranding and um, you know, your latest triple A fare pretty well. But the only thing that um, that's concerning to me is, uh, is like, you know, how powerful is this thing actually? Um, Which, I guess let me start by saying, this product was, like, tailor-made for me. I don't want a PC. I've been using Mac for too long, and PCs just, you know, I don't want to learn how to use an entirely different operating system again, but I need a PC for, like, a couple of fringe uses and for gaming. And so, being able to, like, dock this into a monitor and also run my Windows programs on it, like, wow, chef's kiss. Um, It's an SSD in there. It's, like, you know, I, I think... I think I'm gonna have a good time with this thing, um, and uh, and like you know the the only library for that that I think really like challenges Nintendo's is is this one because I mean you think of like what is the value proposition of the Switch? It's it's the concept for sure, but it's also the only place where you can play Smash Brothers. You know, I, I saw a tweet like that was. Legitimately asking people, like, people who have a PS5, how do you go back to the Switch after that? I'm like, it's easy. They don't have Donkey Kong on the PS5 or Mario or Zelda or any, like, anything like that. But, nah, like, Donkey Kong's having, the entire, having the entire PC library on a handheld, like, that's pretty crazy. Because, I mean, you know, indies are big on Nintendo Switch, too. But indies are available about a year earlier on PC, and so, like, th- this is going to become my indie machine. Like, the Switch is just not going to... You know, I will have already played everything that, that comes to the Switch a year before. Um, but, uh, but, like, what's interesting about this price point, though, is that, yeah, it starts at $399, and you can end up with, like, a, a $700 system, which uh, would be less powerful than the PS5 and more expensive than it. But I think the versatility is really the selling point here. And the OLED Switch... Only has, uh, I think 64 gigs of internal memory. So, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's $50 more and it's the same amount of internal memory. It, it, it honestly, the specs are probably better than the Switch. The only thing that, that has me like holding my breath with the specs is that, uh, it's saying that, like, yeah, you can run at, like, you know, high settings for the latest AAA games, but this is skewed for, like, a 720p display. When I bump that up to, like, 4K on a monitor, am I going to lose that? And I feel like the the real thing that would want, that would kind of, like, start to unseat a switch is if a competitor comes in and they can dock into 4K and it, like, runs well and performs well. But if this, if this runs, like, you know, doo-doo at 4K, then I think... It's really just kind of a nifty handheld instead of this hybrid system that we're looking for. That's like a deluxe experience. Like, yeah, of um, course, it'll be able to handle 720p, but I don't want to play 720p on on my monitor. It's not, you know.
1: Yeah. So no. the
0: Xbox 360 was a long time ago. <laughs> I don't want to go back.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, you, when we were playing Godzilla Save the Earth for uh, Catrello plays, uh, that was this. Uh, I believe it put the game at 720p because it was on the original Xbox, and you see it just the image shrink down, it's uh, no fun. But uh, I I do want to comment on one thing that I think really tremendously helped this announcement, though, and gain a lot of traction and hype is the fact that Nintendo's OLED system announcement was so underwhelming. And, and, you know, to be fair to Nintendo, I think it really hurt them that you had all these leakers that kept saying something about a Pro Switch, Switch Pro, whatever. Uh, it's going to have 4K, it's going to do this, it's going to do that. And then because it was just a minimal upgrade and didn't really offer much besides an improved display, a wider kickstand and better sound quality, um, you know, that uh, is, it, I think that really helped this because a lot of people are looking at the switch or looking at this and being like okay well you know we the switch has been what it is now you get this lackluster upgrade or i could go and buy this uh you know portable pc that's going to be much better than any switch you know and i don't know i just think that the timing was perfect and i think if nintendo's new switch was more appealing this wouldn't have picked up the way that it did
0: yeah, I definitely think that the timing is honestly hilarious. Uh, like do game new.
1: that do you think they jumped on it when they saw the Switch OLED that they're like okay, we got to announce this soon. I cuz I I wouldn't be surprised
0: realistically probably not because they 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 inked some sort of deal with IGN where IGN would exclusively reveal the um the console so they probably had to schedule that like, you know, weeks or months ahead of time. But at the same time, Gabe Newell knew about this system and was talking about it uh, months ago. He was saying that that Steam was going to like announce something later this year that was going to be pretty cool, and uh, and here it is. And it's I mean I think it got announced same day as OLED switch pre-orders went up, and um, and that's just hilarious. But as far as like you know, when we really think about competition, when we really think about like, is Nintendo in danger? I I don't see it. I don't think Nintendo's in any danger at all, because you got to think about the vast majority of Switch owners. They see these bright, colorful characters like Donkey Kong and Mario, and they just go in to get the Mario machine. And like, sure, the guy at Best Buy might be trying to upsell them on a Steam thing, but like, you know, they're gonna ask what's Steam, and you know instead of just, like, being able to pick up physical cartridges that are very simple and easy to understand for all the kids who who are out there who want to play the latest Pokemon game, like, I don't think this is actually going to compete with the Switch um, much at all, honestly. I think it's serving uh, a pretty different group of people. Now, for people like us, we might get a get this in addition to our Switch, but it's just like, you know... I'll always have the latest Nintendo system. I bought a Wii U, uh, like, at launch, and I loved it. And like, I, I just like Nintendo games, and um, and Nintendo will always be, in some sense, um, kind of, like, sheltered by the, the crazy good IP that they've got. Because even during the Wii U, um, like, you could say the Wii U was a big flop. The 3DS wasn't. The DS wasn't. The Game Boy wasn't. Game Boy Advance wasn't. And, it, like, Their handhelds have always just been safe, no matter um, what competition was out there. And we've seen this sort of thing before where PlayStation comes out like, oh, man, they've got all these games. They can run them so much better than the Nintendo console. I mean, like I said, the PlayStation Vita had an OLED screen a decade ago, and no one cared. Um, because again, when you're like shopping for Christmas, a, a gift for someone, it's just like the strength of those Nintendo characters really sells a lot of consoles. And that's why I think it's smart that Nintendo's finally getting on the ball and getting some Mario merchandise getting out there, getting some Donkey Kong merchandise out there. Cause you, these characters have a presence and they, they make sales and, um, like valve doesn't really have that to the like hardcore gamer it, they they also face this kind of issue with with to the hardcore gamer who's really into the PC space they might buy this in addition to their expensive PC but this doesn't replace an expensive PC like but for weirdos like me who don't have a computer but want one but don't want to like invest that much in it and like video games like this this is this this feels like it was made for me honestly
1: yeah, I and I was going to comment on you were talking about you don't think it'll compete with the Switch. I don't either. I mean, I just I just think this could be really successful, and I think if it is, uh, in the event that it is, I think you'll see Sony and Microsoft try to get in on that space as well. But I think they're probably a little more hesitant after you had the Wii and then you had PlayStation Move and Kinect and on Xbox, and those didn't really take off the way that I think those companies hoped they would. And so I think that's why they're not you know jumping into okay the switch is a huge success now we got to make a portable console even though i think sony has a patent for one if i'm not example or if i'm not mistaken if i'm not example i don't know what yeah, i'm ready they to say do. but um but with that being said i think if this really takes off too you'll see them pull the trigger on that idea i really believe that maybe in addition to the playstation 5 you know um but you know i i just hope you don't get start getting these systems that are just an extension of their home counterparts i don't like the idea of that um you know like i don't want another playstation vita like just the ability to play the same games i can play on another console but i can just play them on the go at that point i'd rather just have one system you know instead of having to buy two things to 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 fulfill a mobile and um non-mobile experience uh which you know the pc i think it works a little differently just because you know for pcs that's um i well i guess it doesn't really work differently because everything you'll be able to play on this you'd be able to play on your normal pc so i guess well that the is cool thing about kind the, of the PC, vita concept
0: yeah to vita vita i think mimicked it very well, like for PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale, you could play a version of that on the Vita that was slightly different than the PS3 release, and the visuals were pretty comparable, like, you know, it was kind of on par, there were other games like Sly Cooper 4 that did a similar thing, uh, bringing that cross-play concept to life, which is funny, because the Switch is just, you know, cross-play done right, (laughs) like PlayStation did it first, um... And, uh, you know, that worked fairly well, but I think it was just kind of confusing to the consumer. But this simplicity that the Switch brings is really special. And where this can kind of come close to that is you have this system that runs PC games that have all been... Like tailor made to be able to scale up and down in a variety of ways to make sure that they work. Like when we played Crash Bandicoot and we were trying to get my four year old computer running a virtual Windows to run it at a decent frame rate, a clean 60, we were playing with the settings and we couldn't do 4K, but we could do 1080p. We could turn off shadows, we could, like, adjust some aliasing settings there, and all that stuff is tailor-made to, to make sure that you're always getting good performance. And that's the part of this that does make it work really well, because a, a PlayStation equivalent, you know, you wouldn't be able to run something like Ratchet & Clang on the go without them making, like, some different version of it, and that's, that's what's so special about this. The other crazy part that we haven't even talked about that's huge for this is that this is going to be... So great for Game Pass, Microsoft running their subscription service where you just pay a small fee and you can play like Halo on launch day. You know, you've got a portable system you can do that on. That's awesome, and I, I could see Microsoft really getting excited and kind of behind this from a software standpoint if they don't get jump into the hardware space. Because I mean, the, the 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 thing is with with hardware is that it's just like it's a huge risk to manufacture all these consoles and and maybe no one buys them, which is also what's smart about valve, you know, announcing this months ahead of time. They're, they're essentially getting, you know, enough orders and kind of like building, filling out their, their, um, their orders based on, you know, where the interest is. So like, um, it's coming out this, uh, at the end of this year, but right now if you want to buy the top of the line one, it's going to be delivered in Q3 of 2022. So, you know, it's, they're kind of like building their expectations with that. But, um but yeah, I mean, I think what's going to happen with this is like, you know, there's going to be a smaller group of people that do it. Hopefully Nintendo actually looks at this and sees how they're getting great performance out of it. Is there anything that we can learn from this? Uh, they probably won't because, you know, that's just sort of the culture the company culture of nintendo they they don't like to look at what competitors are doing, but um but yeah i really, I really hope it generates more interest in the space. Not that I want a whole bunch of handhelds that I have to kind of keep track of, but uh, but I do miss PlayStation handhelds. they were fun,
1: yeah, no, I mean, they were definitely fun, and it was good to um you know not just have it all come from one place, which was Nintendo, you know, which is why you know, I hope we get more games that are like Super Smash Brothers and Pokemon so that it's not, you know, because competition breeds better products, you know, so, uh, that's another great reason why this, uh, you know, portable Steam system is, or it's a great thing that it's happening. is just something to, uh, you know, you, you might see Nintendo, like if this does really well and it does happen to compete with the Switch, you might see, uh, something better from them next time around where it's, uh. You know, because I feel like on the performance end, there's a lot left to be desired, or Desired, and you're seeing that this, um, you know, system is being, or taking advantage of that, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely would be good to see that um, this really, like, changes space, but. Uh you know I honestly I don't think I don't think it's going to affect Nintendo's bottom line much at all. I do think that the, if there's anybody who's seen both of these systems like this is going to probably I mean not a whole lot of units but this is going to snatch a few OLEDs out of Adam out of Nintendo's pocket. You know for people who might have been interested in upgrading. I don't know why you'd be interested if you already have a Switch and an OLED Switch, but like those people exist and um this is making it a lot harder to like justify spending another $350 on that when you could oh, I, get I, access to
1: the gigantic PC space for $50 more. I think the OLED switch is going to be a flop to be honest. I think this is something that Nintendo's going to look back on and, regret even making. I don't think it's going to affect Switch sales, but I think investors are going to look down on it because I don't think it's going to do well at all because I don't think people care to spend an extra $50 for what are very minimal improvements. And then once you spend that extra $50, you're $50 away from a PlayStation 5, albeit it's the lower end PlayStation 5, the digital only one. But still, I mean, it's just... And I think once you get in that territory for consumers, it's all about bottom line and, and uh, on on price. And I just think once you start rivaling that and you're not getting something that's even close to being able to do what that system does, I think, uh, you know, that makes a big difference. And then the fact that you're only $50 away from this portable system that is much better than the switch. I think it's the same kind of concept. So, uh, I, I really don't understand why they're even making that system. I think the switch is doing just fine. I don't think they need to introduce anything, um, that's going to sell, uh, alongside it, but Hey man, you know, you and I aren't, uh, you know, we don't run a, uh, billion-dollar corporation or whatever Nintendo's worth. So, obviously, these people know something. Although, uh, I tend to question Nintendo's bi- business de- decisions quite frequently. I feel like for every one they get right, they get two wrong. They're kind of like Sega with Sonic games. Or every time they nail the heck out of it, they come back with a couple stinkers, and then they nail it again, and then it's a, uh, you know, it's like clockwork.
0: <laughs> yeah, I... I uh... I wouldn't entirely agree with that assessment. I think what they're doing here is they're just running the portable playbook that they always do. So they had 3DS, then they had big 3DS, and then they sold smaller but cooler 3DS, 3DS with a little nipple in it, you know, like they did so many different iterations of 3DS and honestly just kind of keeps the interest fresh in in all this. And, you know, um, you know, it's much like the Game Boy SP, they're going to get a small percentage of people that will that will double down and get another one like I did. And then for people like you, you already bought a Game Boy Advance, you know, they, whatever. There's there's someone behind you who hasn't played Game Boy yet and wants one. And so I think this will be very similar to that. And I think eventually, you know, let's say they, they eventually do come out with Switch Pro or Switch 2 or, or something like that. This might become like that standard model of Switch that they sell as an entry point um, and start to do it more... Apple style with their, their hardware lineup. Uh, we will say that um, it did sell out in minutes uh, in S- Forbes, Forbes reports, even though people made fun of it, it sold out within, within minutes. However, I, I would say that um, you got to kind of like contextualize stories here where over the last year, um, you know, the pandemic, the pandemic mixed with a lot of these uh, game companies and toy companies manufacturing their own bit of scarcity, you know, like I'll never get over this, that in a, in a pandemic, uh, in a global pandemic, Nintendo chose to manufacture scarcity with uh, Mario 3D All-Stars and, uh, and try and like squeeze people in, in that time. It's just, that'll never not be funny to me. Um, but with this climate, whenever there's a, a new release that might be limited, like scalpers are salivating over this. They like PlayStation fives are slowing down; they're getting cheaper over time. This, for the first few weeks, will like sell fifty dollars above retail or whatever, and people are going to get in with with that stuff. But it'll be interesting long term to see what happens with this. I think it's just going to switch sales are going to, you know, keep trucking along at the same pace. Some people are going to buy the OLED for an extra 50 bones. Some people are going to be fine with the regular switch. Honestly, sometimes companies, uh, sometimes companies put this like third option in to bump people up from the introductory to the, um, to the other one. And and it's kind of weird, but like the way that it looks is like, oh man, for $250, I could get a switch. And then you show up at the store and the guy's like, oh, but do you want to dock into the TV? If you want to do that it's only $50 more. And then oh well do you want the, the handheld experience to be a little more deluxe for $50 more you could do this. And so I think it's it's just about kind of like establishing this this upselling hierarchy and you you see Apple doing that now with their lineup of the iPhones they've got the the small one and then the pro and then the Pro X Max Machina and and like honestly like some of the 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 middle units just kind of fade into obscurity because people are either trying to get out for the cheapest price or they're trying to get the best product. Um, which you know interesting thing about about the uh, Steam Deck, the one that is uh, most delayed is the most expensive one. So that's that's the you know it seems to be like pulling this this other market where you know it's kind of interesting because it it. it tells us that maybe people were willing to spend $500 on a Switch Pro if Nintendo would have just gone for it. But, yeah. I don't know. Like, would, would you pay $500 for a uh, 4K Switch, just, like, upgraded resolutions? Because the cost is a big problem with this, you know? Like, that. that's just the biggest problem, is that it's expensive to make something handheld and also, like, competent.
1: Man, I can tell you this. if If... <clears throat> If the Switch was at all, like, if you could make a portable system as good as the PlayStation 5 is, man, I'd pay. I'd, I'm i ashamed to admit how much I'd pay for that. Uh, and I don't even really use the mobile aspect, but I just think, um, you know, for me, honestly, I am not a big fan of the Switch. Inter- I almost never play it portably. I, I'm i not one of those people that gets that versatility out of the system personally. Um, so I wish we just had a Nintendo console to rival the other two. Um, but if it was portable though, and, and could rival that, I mean, if it's just simply 4k and it's the price of a PlayStation five, no, I don't care. I'm not one of those, uh, resolution crazy people. I care more about the actual performance of the console, uh, what it's able to do. Cause you, you and I know from playing the new ratchet and clank on PlayStation five, there's just nothing on the Switch, that's even in the same dimension as that. Like, it's it's incredible how far video game performance has come, and uh, that's kind of the shame with being a Nintendo fan. I know people like the Switch for, again, for the portability, but for me, i trade that for a more powerful console in a heartbeat um, just to get anything even in the same ballpark as that Ratchet & Clank game and other uh, countless PlayStation 5 titles. Uh, so, but... But, yeah, I mean, if, if there was something that, that was on that level, I'd pay $500 for it. But for 4K, if it was just 4K, eh. I, I, I'm one of those people that I've mentioned it to you and Trevor a million times. I have trouble seeing the difference sometimes with uh, between like 4K and 5K, for example, and uh, other resolution differences. It's um, Especially when games or movies or or things aren't optimized for that resolution a lot of times when you go back and you just it's kind of like when you port something to a more powerful system like when The Last of Us was put on PlayStation 4 from PlayStation 3 it didn't look like a PlayStation 4 game it just looked like a slightly better version of the PlayStation 3 one so I think unless it's designed with that purpose in mind like if you just made Super Smash Bros 4K I don't think it would actually look that much better whereas if they designed a Smash game in the first place, with the intent of it being 4K, it would look like a 4K game. You know what well, I mean? What's the
0: difference between you know can display at 4K and you know um, it was
1: designed to display at 4K?
0: Well, they, they yeah they call it, like native resolution instead of like upscaling. Like Returnal right, exactly. on the PlayStation Five is 1080p upscaled to 4K with um with some like anti what do they call it the anti no um. They they use the AI to to like upscale it to make it look like it, it it's like a competent 4K thing, but it's really you know actually 1080p. Um, Ratchet and Clank was a native 4K, but um, but you know it's like even the PS5 at five hundred dollars can't do. 4K ray tracing 60 frames per second. You got to choose two of those. And so that's where it's like, like, you know, I bet if Nintendo was just doing a dynamic 4K upscale, it would probably push it push the system to $400. Well, and you at said that, 60 at that frames. Point, I,
1: I'm pretty sure PlayStation 5 can do all that at 60. It's just you can't do it at 120.
0: No, they can't do it at 60. Uh, so, so like for Ratchet and & Clank and Miles Morales, like the two... I mean, those are probably the most, like, technologically advanced PlayStation 5 games so far. Um, you can do ray tracing, uh, 4K native resolution, uh, at 60 frames per second. You can, do, you can pick two of those, um, but you can't have all three. And so you have to always make this choice in, in PS5 games between uh, fidelity and performance. And honestly, it's annoying. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know what's the better choice. Um, and, you know, I kind of wish they would just kind of like design a game for me. Uh, I feel like that's kind of the console experience is, uh, simplified as much as possible. But, um, but yeah, it's, that's, that's the interesting part and why, like, you know, I don't think we're going to see a switch that kind of scratches that power level anytime soon. I mean, like steam's not even doing it with this new console and they're selling some units for like $700. So, um, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting because the space is really just kind of separating. Like Microsoft is really leaning into more of like a subscription slash software presence. PlayStation is sticking it classic with the with the dedicated console. Nintendo's here with the with the portable system that you can also play on your TV. And now Valve is coming in, and they're kind of feeling like just a, a different type of uh, of customer. Where I, I don't think there's going to be that much crossover. It just in. Uh, outside of the terms of like, okay, I've got $500 to spend and I want to, you know, get my son a gift for Christmas. Like, I, I just don't see a whole lot of other scenarios where people are going to be confused about which one they want. It's like, you know, do you want the premium console experience? Do you want the the Xbox Game Pass? Do you want the PC library or do you want Pokemon? You know, it's just, it's it's going to be like as simple as that. But... You're- Definitely an interesting space for sure. It's uh, it's it'll be fun to see, especially um, with the Switch OLED. Like, um, you know, does that replace the Switch? Does that outperform it? Does it underperform? We'll keep our eyes out for those uh, those financial reports that come out. But that's about it for this episode of We the People, Matthew. If uh, you said your piece, you're, yeah. All right, well. Uh, join us uh, next week. Uh, we didn't get to Skyward Sword. I-, I rented it from Gamefly, and it's not here yet. I'm not going to buy that game. Uh, so we will talk about it next week, along with our impressions of uh, Pokemon Unite. And if you haven't, uh, you know, subscribe to us on your podcast service of choice YouTube, whatever, check out the other Cotrello brand items, Cotrello games, Cotrello talks, Cotrello plays, Cotrello yodels. One of those is fake. Um, But anyway, we'll see you next week for another episode of We The People.